G'day and welcome back to the Best Practice Network and Talking Leadership podcast series. Today's podcast is the second in a discussion around the leadership topic and in particular the question, are leaders born or are they made? Hope you enjoy the content and I'll hand over to Kevin. A great question that I've listened to a lot on, on Eric's Talking Leadership podcast and I'm keen to hear people's response as well. So up to the group and Neil, you're first. Are leaders born or made? Your thoughts? I, I'm, I'm going to sit on the fence with that, I reckon. I think there's a bit of both in there. I think there's, there's a certain, I think there's an intellectual capacity that you need. You need to be able to be self-aware and to learn. And you need to have a certain level of intellectual ability to be able to be a leader, to be able to read situations and learn stuff and uh, assimilate information and process it. There's a the brain function thing there. But I think there's an element of your personal background that breeds leadership. And I think that depends on where you're born and bred and how you've been brought up. I think my observation was the, the leaders, the best leaders are the ones who've had the toughest life. The ones who are the most empathetic with other individuals and the ones who are the most driven to succeed are the ones who've had the, uh, I'm trying to think of a word that you can't edit out there, but the ones who've had the, uh, the shittiest life. Um, that's my my observation is that people who've, who've had struggles in their life are, are the ones who have the, the greatest empathy with others and they're the most humanistic. And I think they're the two elements we're kind of talking about is your ability to strategically think and critical think and process and learn business acumen but then the humanistic side i think comes from in my opinion from your background it's not from your education it's from your parents where you grew up how you grew up what your experiences were in life you know how, how tough it's been great thank you so over to zanny zanny are leaders born or made so i also sat on the fence i said one third born and two thirds made so but i think if i had to choose one that it's mainly made i think that some people believe that true leaders are born that way so they're naturally charismatic influential and inspiring individuals who are destined to make the mark but while certain people may be naturally predisposed to leadership, I believe it is absolutely possible to cultivate the characteristics and skills that are necessary to call yourself a leader. So whether you're born with a special source or not, um, if you want to be a leader, you're going to have to work to develop and refine the characteristics of great leaders by acquiring those um, complex skills through experiences, self-development and training. So like all skills, some people are just more likely to be good at leading than others. Okay. That's an intro. I love the, the one third, two thirds. An interesting one there. Well, it's, it's a challenging question, right? Because yeah, I think, I that, you, right. you know, you can be born natural leadership characteristics, but unless you choose to refine them and be really self-aware again and recognize your weaknesses and start to develop those weaknesses out, you're never going to be able to lead successfully. Yeah. And I think definitely it links to some of the comments from the first question, you know, in terms of, you know, the good attributes is, uh, and, um, I was, yeah, listen to my response on the other podcast and then we'll see how we match up from there. So I'm just going to change. Alan, I'm going to go to you next. Are leaders born or made, Alan? I will be the cracked record here. I I support the previous two answers. I think Zanny's two-thirds, one-third, I think might be a nice portionate mix because I think you can learn the skills of leadership. You you can, in an organisational context, start to learn that you need to provide feedback, you need to delegate well, et cetera, et cetera. You need to create those linkages with strategy so people can understand the purpose of the organisation and how they contribute. And it goes to some of those personal EQ, self-awareness things. But going to Neil's point about the the struggles and tribulations of, uh, oh, you don't know how hard, how easy you've got it, you know, 
know, brown paper bag in the middle of the road, gravel for breakfast. Don't necessarily know if you have to have a tough upbringing, but I think you do have to have some personal characteristics that, that allow you to put yourself forward to, to be seen to, or a desire to want to make a contribution to make the place better. And, you know, not everyone has that. So I think there is this personal orientation, personal makeup, whether it comes from nature or from nature, I don't know. But I think there is some personal characteristics that you need to have to be able to take the role. I don't, I don't want to necessarily use the word ambition, but there possibly is a bit of that. You know, it's a case of a preparedness to put yourself forward, a self-awareness and prepared to take a few risks, I guess, because leadership becomes a lonely place the, uh, the higher up you go up that slippery pole. Thank you, Alan. Um, over to Ron. So, Ron, are leaders born or made? I've got a firm view on this one. So I, my firm view is the capacity to be a leader is something that you are born with. The type of leader you become, that is something that is made. So let me elaborate. So I've seen individuals that have had identical upbringings that they that you've got, and, in, and even to the point of, you know, whether they be twins, that you've got someone that becomes a leader and someone that does not. But identical upbringing. So I don't think it is related to your upbringing. I think it is a case of if you are born a leader, it is just about your capacity to be a leader. And I'll give you the analogy. So the analogy is athletics or sports, right? So individuals are born with their potential to excel at a sport or not. Those that are born with the potential to excel, they make a decision to pursue a support and the support that they're going to pursue. And that comes through a range of experiences and the opportunities afforded to them. So I've I've come across, and and look, I've done a bit of my own, I guess, personal reflections. I've spent plenty of time sitting on airplanes across the Pacific, and it's my time to reflect, and I reflect on individuals and the different behaviours that they have, and I'm absolutely convinced that this capacity is something that is is born into you. Now, similarly, when we work with businesses in in elevating their performance, we can find, we will purposely look for leaders in the business that have got that natural leadership ability. And they may be one of the machine operators, but they are a leader. If that leader decides to have a anti-management theme to them, they can lead others and influence others to the dark side. However, once you turn their view and they now look to the light side of this is actually a, a positive thing for the employees, you will see the employees that had followed them to the dark side will follow them to the light. And it's, it's not because they've had any training. There's not because um, they've got any particular leadership responsibilities or leadership training or position or anything. It's because they are a natural leader. They exude that, um, that competence. So born with the capacity you make the decision and you make the, uh, you know, which, which leader you become. Thank you, Ron. And Mr. Morgan now. So Chris, are leaders born or made? I think it's, it's been interesting. There's a, a definitely a combination. I don't think there is a black and white answer for this one. And I don't believe there is myself. Very much believe that experience turn, decides what sort of leader you're going to be, whether that be a someone who came up from the shop floor or whether you came from an academic background and came in sideways that way. I think that affects the end result. I think naturally someone who has the inbuilt characteristics will rise to a certain level based on their experience and their innate ability. To go beyond that, I think, yes, you need to then nurture it. So I think it's not a black and white 
you're either one or the other. You need to be one to get you to a point where you can become the other, personally. If you've got those skills, and that's the thing Ron was saying about the, the light and dark, is unfortunately, unless you've got someone at the end there to say, hang on, you need to turn left, not right, you will end up becoming that bad leader. So I think it's a lot of it to do with opportunity of someone there. Once you get to that right point, having the person there to tap you on the shoulder and say, you need to go that way and then you become great because if you go that way, you're, you're going to stay where you are. You may be a, a good leader and I suppose that's the difference between that. You'll become a, a very competent manager versus a great leader. And I think that is something that you need someone there to tap you on the shoulder because most of the time you've gotten to that point on your own because of what you believe internally and it's not something you've been taught or shown. It's just something you're always going to be. And the analogy that I always use when I'm talking to my crew is that I've got no specific training, but if I was going to be on this bus, I was going to drive the bloody thing. And that's basically what set me up. And that's what I say to my guys. If you're going to be on the bus with us, you've got a choice. You can either sit in the back or you get hold of the steering wheel and you decide where the bus is going. And I think that's that decision. And having someone there to say, right, now that you're driving, let's get better at it. So it's definitely a combination of both. There is no one or the other. Alan, you had your hand up, mate. Yeah, look, I'll just put comment into the chat. You know, perhaps another question or a different take on the question is, can leadership be learned? You know, get, a, get away from the, well, I think think it's a great debate, born or made, but perhaps another question or perspective is, can just simply, can it be learned? So one of my podcast guests was a gentleman by the name of Mike House. And when I asked him this question, and to, to let you all know, you're all consistent with the standard responses I get to that question on my podcast. No one has ever said they're only ever made or ever born. And I like the three quarter the three the two-thirds one-third thing like it just i think it depends on your sometimes your worldview and a philosophy of how you've grown up i think school of hard knocks makes for good leaders natural truly inquisitive people and the extroverts that you might meet in your life for make good leaders but i've also met a lot of introverted people that are exceptionally good leaders so i think that the formula is an interesting mix which keeps this subject interesting to be talking about but mike brought up something that kind of floored me and i'm hoping you all have a view on this that he said leadership is a choice and he also mentioned and this is one where I, I hope we can get some discussion on this one in particular is if you choose not to be a lifelong learner you're never going to be as effective a leader as you could be I strongly believe that but I think others might want to have a debate about it so what do we think of leadership as a choice and the best most effective leaders are the ones that are that have that uh, lifelong learning ingrained in their DNA. Well, we're in the last few minutes, so we're going to have that discussion now, but I will be asking you for one key takeaway, each of you, on today as well, to share as we close up. All right, who would like those leadership as a choice and the, and the, uh, the lifelong learning to be an effective leader? Mr. Morgan. I, I've got a funny view on this one, actually. The other thing I'll say when I, because I've talked about if, you're on a, if I'm on the bus, I want to drive it. I've also got a very, very strong belief that if you, is someone who really wants to be in charge they shouldn't be is that the sort of people who want to be in charge are very rarely the sort of people who should be in charge so i'm sort of contradicting myself in that respect but i think that's very much the same thing is is the desire to be in charge shouldn't necessarily be a, a driver for actually being in charge i think we'll need to have an in-depth uh, podcast there mr morgan there are a few <laughs> things to tease out of that uh, that particular statement mm. uh, every, for those that are listening everyone is shaking their heads in furious agreement this thing called leadership is not if it was precise and we knew exactly what the formula was we wouldn't have as many people engaging in the discussions around it because it's a, it's a not exact science 
Okay, who'd like to go next? Uh, Neil? I've always had the same view that people who want to be in charge shouldn't be allowed to be, but I think that the way I look at that is I re- reinterpret that as being what I said before about this sort of personal accountability, the leadership choices. It starts with me. Leadership starts with me. Even if you've not got great leadership above you, it doesn't mean that you have to cascade that behaviour. You can start at your level and say, I'm going to take this on and I'll be a leader, Even, especially, and that's probably the case for me is sometimes I've got really poor leadership and I thought, well, I'm not going to let that influence the way that I influence my team. I'm going to take it on board. That's the choice thing, I think, is that it starts with me. It's that ownership, that accountability to say, I'm not going to let other leaders influence me. I'm going to get on with it at my level. If you're in a bad situation like that. The lifelong learning thing, I totally agree with that. I think then what you said before about being naturally curious, I think is the important thing there. Is I think you can inspire other people if you demonstrate your ability to assimilate information, learn the process, and then use that to make decisions and to guide other people. I think if you're naturally inquisitive, you're constantly hungry for more information, that inspires other people to, to mimic that behavior. So I think... Definitely that whole thing around um, lifelong learning is is people who are constantly absorbing podcasts and things like that. And they're, they're bringing new suggestions and new information. And that's what inspires people. It's like, well, where did that idea come from? But it's actually, I actually heard that yesterday. It's something really cool that I hadn't heard before. So you bring in new information. And I think that ability to bring new information and to bring new perspectives, that lifelong thirst for learning is something that inspires people. And I think that's what drives people to follow. Danny, Alan, Ron? I can go next if you want. Yeah. So in terms of leadership as a choice, I agree with what Neil says, that you, you do need to be accountable for your own actions. You get to choose your own personal brand. So regardless of what leadership capability is around you or above you, you get to choose that. But also you have the impact on people that you deal with on a daily basis. So you get to choose how people feel. And that's always resonated with me. So you get that like you can have a critical conversation that still has the same impact as having a really negative conversation with the person. So yeah, definitely aligned with uh, what Neil and Christopher have said there as well and in terms of lifelong learning agree with that as well and I guess that's where your strategic thinking comes into play as well because if you're not learning then how are you developing yourself and then having the foresight to really throw that strategic vision out there and then leave the business behind you or with you okay great Alan again wholeheartedly agreed fierce agreement I think that concept about leadership is a choice and personal accountability. And you know, you're you faced with situations where you do get a choice. Do do I actually raise my issues or my my contributions here? And so that potentially a choice. Will will I put myself out there, take some form of risk um, and lead or you know take on an issue? So I think that's a great thought as leadership is a choice. It's a it's a very conscious choice in in a lot of ways. And then I really like Neil's bent on lifelong learning, that being inquisitive. Often lifelong learning sometimes gets framed in that more formal sense, but being open to new things, just being aware of where, where things are happening and, and new trends, etc. It's it's doesn't necessarily be be formal. As Neil said, being continually inquisitive, I think is a great way of putting it. Alan and Ron, just to close this question off. I'm going to dig my heels in a little bit on this one. So um, I'm going to go back to my views on born or made. So I still think that the capacity to be a leader is something you're born with. However, the decision to become a leader and the type of leader is the choice. That choice is is influenced by the experiences that the individual has, but also their own personal values, their own personal being is, is helping where that choice would lead them. And again, there's strong leaders 
that are on the light side or the dark side. You know, hey, you even look at, you go to the extent of, you look at some of the some of these crime kingpins and what they managed to do, some amazing leadership skills. But the sort of leadership that luckily the majority of us find despicable. But hey, they get people to do some fairly wacky things, right? That's still leadership. So the choices there are about how you embody that leadership and where you want to take it. Similarly, if I just quickly touch on the, my sports analogy, those of us that have coached kids in sports, you know, may have had the opportunity to, to see a kid come through where you go, wow, this kid is a star. He's got the potential, right? And it's still their decision. You can nurture them, you can provide them with the techniques all you like, still their decision whether they convert that raw capability into something tangible. Flip side, you see some kids in that come into the the, uh, the sport and you go, all right, oh, Johnny's there to have fun, let's make sure he has some fun. Right? Never going to amount to anything of a career, but it doesn't mean you don't provide them that experience. In terms of the second statement around, you know, the lifelong learning, I feel that a leader that does not embrace lifelong learning is not truly a leader. I think it's a mandatory competence that they have. That Now, the type of learning is, um, you know, that's a very open statement. I would not consider, you know, your structured learning to be the only form. Learning is about taking feedback, surrounding yourself with the right people, observing the right things, adjusting the way you do things, recognising that you don't have all the answers. So definitely um, agree with the, the views on lifelong learning is a is a prerequisite for a leader fantastic so i uh, i think we're coming to the close now so what we do i, I like to just go and go around the room around the virtual room just uh what you know the great discussion today some some great insights and and sharing and um based on what we've gone through in this last hour what's the real thing that resonating with you so alan what would be your key takeaway so my key takeaway is let's keep scratching the surface and bring up these great insights Thank you. Ron? A little similar to that. So I think my key takeaway is uh, the topic of leadership draws out passion and feeling. And uh, and the sponsors that we got here were, were quite quite interesting to, to see just the, the substance behind them. The other key takeaway is when you look at the attributes of a leader, the importance of being able to reflect on a positive leader as well as reflecting on a negative leader in order for you to internalize the the do's and don'ts of leadership. That's a key takeaway. Fantastic. Neil? I think mine was probably Ron's definition of whether they, uh, whether leaders are born or not. I really like that that spin on that. And I think I totally agree with that. And after I'd said my piece, he said his eye just I think it's I think that was my key takeaway. All right. No, thank you. Danny. So I think that leadership is not a one size fit all and it's a very broad topic that we could definitely talk for hours. But I also loved um, Chris's comment around, you know, if there's someone that wants to be in charge, they shouldn't, sorry, shouldn't necessarily. All right. And Chris, Mr. Morgan. Look, I think one of the things that's brought out really clearly is that there is no clear answer. I think there is, there's so many divergent views and none of them are wrong because every single person, every single leader is different. How they got to where they are, what makes them what they are is different. So I think it's very hard to have this, here's the plan to make a leader. There isn't one that you can put on everyone. So I guess that makes people like you, Ron, makes your life hard. Same with you, Alan. There, there is no, okay, here's a, here's a template. Let's make a leader. So I think this has highlighted that even more. People get capped out at certain levels of leadership as well. And, and applying any sort of template can often dissuade people that otherwise would be brilliant. Great point. Well, I know Eric is going to close, close out this session now, but I, I'll just take the 
the opportunity to to thank everybody on on this uh, on this first series of podcasts and look forward to, to future ones and and definitely as we build the discussion then on interest in how we go. So Alan, I'm definitely going to say thank you very much for today. It's it's been fantastic. Ron, thank you very much as well. Zanny and Christopher and and Neil as well. So uh, look forward to future discussions as part of this best practice network and and talking leadership podcast series. So I'm going to hand over to you, Eric, just to close out today. Yeah, look, again, thank you everyone for participating. I often ask why I got into podcasting around this topic. And when you have sessions like this, it energizes me to want to do more in this space. But one takeaway for me, if I can be so bold, Alan, I think the question that can leadership be learned, that's got so many facets to it, is what what part of leadership do we want to teach and what is teachable? Because some people I've met in my travels and I won't name those leaders because they're in that category that Chris mentioned at the start, the unmentionable leaders that it's, you know, some people can't be taught this. And so what what is the most appropriate thing to inculcate in a leadership program is an interesting topic area because we all invest as businesses in leadership. And one of the things that I hope is an outcrop of discussions like this is where do you get your best bang for buck in developing people and within your own businesses, what are you doing to identify early career leaders versus the established ones that need a bit of uh, leadership 101 and then sort of everything in between on that spectrum. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll make links available in the podcast description to access these discussions. I'd like to thank the Best Practice Network for helping organize this podcast series. Thanks again for your support. My name is Eric Perez. I host Talking Leadership and we'll catch you all on the next podcast.